You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest Testudo Times podcast. This is the Road to Atlanta podcast. I am Lila Bromberg with Jordan Gold and Brandon Simberg. And we are going to be starting this as a limited edition podcast as we lead up to March Madness to not only talk Maryland, but everything college basketball, everything you want to know about the brackets, what we think about what the tournament is going to shape up to look like this year. So stay tuned as we count down today's to March. Now, I think the two people I'm sitting next to me are probably the two people I know in my life who are like as excited <laughs> for this time of year as I am. I work 70 hours a week on Tissue Times in school. When I'm not doing that, I'm either sleeping or watching college basketball. I think it's fair to say that I can say the same about free time with Jordan uh, and Brandon. So, I mean, before we dive into any everything, how excited are you guys that we have less than a month till March Madness? Uh, I'm so pumped. I, I would say I, my heart's not ready for it. I'm, I'm coming into every Maryland game just a nervous wreck, and it's like <laughs> I can't even fathom, like, how nervous... And also excited I'm going to be when that first tip comes for Maryland's first-round matchup. And, I mean, it's just exciting times in college basketball as a whole. It's so wide open this year. It's so unpredictable. I just can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm disappointed. Like, it's been a really fun season in College Park, and, like, it kind of stinks that we're ending the – you know, we're we're getting near the end of this fantastic season, and I'm going to miss all the meaningless Rutgers-Minnesota games I sit through on Tuesday nights and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, March is going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and for those of you, those of you guys that don't know, Brandon is um, now with Testudo Times on our men's lacrosse beat. He writes for the left bench and is going to be doing basketball coverage and a ton more other coverage for us next year, so you guys should all go follow him on Twitter and stuff like that. So first, you know, I guess we'll get and talk a little bit about this Maryland-Ohio State game. Jordan had a tweet today, which I thought was brilliant, saying that there's no way that Maryland should have dropped two spots with looking at how some of the other ranked teams dropped with, you know, losing to a ranked team on the road, especially the way it ended on that Cowan technical 79-72 final score. Cowan gets a tech uh, with, you know, four, around four minutes left. It, very questionable call, and, it, you know, it shows from a pool report that we got, but it was just kind of, <laughs> they didn't really know what they are doing. It was just not well done. I mean, what are you guys' biggest takeaways for that game? Because I feel like, in my mind, that's not a game to freak out over in in any way it was a really off night for you know Cowan and Sticks and I don't really see anything like that happening too much again I touched on this in my film review coming out tomorrow on the Testudo Times website but I think that there there's a big positive takeaway to take away from this game and that's just how well Wiggins and Ayala played and I think that if you can get that type of effort from them combined with what you are normally getting from Sticks and Cowan. I mean, this team is just so dangerous. And also, another positive takeaway, Dante Scott has looked really good the past five or so games. Another double-figure... Except for foul trouble. Yeah, another (laughs) double-figure game yesterday with 10 points. He's just looking like a completely different player offensively, just so much more aggressive. And, you know, I think if you said that Maryland would be 22-5... and on February 24th in first place in the Big Ten, you'd be pretty happy. And I think you'd, you'd be willing to say, oh, we lost by seven points to a ranked Ohio State team on the road. I don't think it's a big deal at all. And just one thing with the poll, I was I was pretty surprised to see us fall two spots because I feel like, I felt like the reaction to what happened with Cowan on Twitter from 
guys who are AP writers were like, wow, Maryland got screwed, all this and that. And to see them fall two spots when San Diego State loses to uh, UNLV at home, whose net ranking is 112th, <laughs> I, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know how I would have ranked it, but I would have definitely had San Diego State fall a little more. And I don't think we sh- should have fallen two spots, but, you know. It's just an AP poll. And Duke poll. only falls one following it, the NC State. It's it's just an AP poll. It doesn't really matter at this point. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. And the way I look at it is Maryland controls their own destiny. And I think that there's still very much a possibility that, you know, if they went out and win the Big Ten tournament, they would have a super strong case to be a one seed. So there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And I'm really excited to see it unfold for the Terps. Yeah, I didn't think yesterday was a, the sky is falling loss. I mean... In reality, they weren't going to win like 16 straight games to cap off the regular season. I, I figured they would lose either at Ohio State or at Minnesota. And I didn't even think they played that poorly yesterday. I mean, like you said, their two best players, Cowan and Sticks, had really off games. And Ohio State made 10 threes. And they were dominant. They got 22 points from Luther Muhammad, who came in averaging six points per game. He's a defensive specialist. And, and, exactly. And, and so you factor all those things in, like, the fact they only lost by seven and were With in With Cowan it, out in the final four minutes. The fact that they were in it, like, they actually played really well, I thought. So, it they can't, they can't like, turn around and lose on Wednesday, obviously. That's, I think, when you get concerned. But if they take care of business Wednesday, then I think Sunday's loss is you just chalk it up to Ohio State playing really well. Right, and that game on Wednesday is going to be at Minnesota. You know, Minnesota right now is 13-13 overall, kind of, you know, on the outside trying to get in the bubble. Um, Maryland has struggled there before. Like you said, I think I think it could be a concern if Maryland loses two there in a row, but I, I don't see Maryland losing this game in my mind, and we'll get more into, you know, all of that on the weekly podcast and more we'll recap that game after it happens. But I, I think that with the mentality of this team, I don't see Maryland losing two in a row. I don't see them losing either. It's just kind of just bad memories for me looking back to 2016 when Maryland goes into Minnesota ranked number six in the country, the team led by Trimble and Lehman, Diamond Stone, Robert Carter, Suleiman, and they lose to a Minnesota team that hadn't won a game in over two months, that won eight games that season. It's just, it's a wacky environment there in Minnesota. I think it's it's certainly a tough place to play. They have one of the best big men in the country, Daniel Oturo, widely expected to be a first-round pick, averaging huge numbers. So I think it's going to be tough. It's not going to be a game where Maryland's winning by 10-plus points, but I think that they will come away with the win, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought win. Yeah, I'm a little more concerned. Like I think it's kind of close to a coin flip. Cause you look at it from Minnesota's perspective, they're they're on the bubble right now still, even at 13-13, and 13, you know, playing in the Big Ten, you're expected to have some losses. So for them, if, if they don't win this game on Wednesday, their season's over. Like I think they're going to come out with so much energy and so much intensity, and it's a shorter turnaround for Maryland than it is for Minnesota. Actually, no, they both play on Sunday, but but um, obviously Maryland has more travel going from Ohio State than out to Minnesota. You mentioned Oturu. I mean, him versus Sticks is going to be a huge battle inside. You know, if, I'm really excited to watch that. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be a fun matchup. But and then Marcus Carr versus Anthony Collins, two of the best point guards of the Big Ten. So I mean, if Maryland's two best players can play better than they did on Sunday and outplay Minnesota's two best players, they should be fine. But like you said, man, Minnesota, it's it's a wacky place, the barn. Yeah, I and it's also just like a weird game time too, you know, nine mm-hmm. PM and um but I think Ant is gonna come out with like the biggest chip on his shoulder after a technical call. I think he's gonna go off and have an insane game. I mean yeah, I mean Minnesota doesn't have the defensive guards that 
Ohio State had, and it's, yeah, I think he's because you know not only technical, but he just he didn't play well on Sunday, so yeah. I think he's gonna be ready. No, to he's go. gonna have a chip on his shoulder. And looking at you know games from his past weekend, we mentioned a little bit with you know Jordan touch on just some of the teams that lost. You have the top three, what were the top three projected seeds and lose, which are now you know still the top three of the four projected seeds, and you know you have number one Baylor lose to Kansas, an an incredible game. Um, you know you have Gonzaga lose. Uh, number two Gonzaga to number twenty three BYU, and then as you mentioned, number four San Diego State using UL losing the UNLV. Before we get into some of the other games, I have to ask, what did you guys think of Baylor versus Kansas? It was a great game, and I think that you kind of saw how good of a coach Bill Self is, and how he was so well prepared after taking that loss at home uh, to Baylor earlier in the season. I mean. Azubuki was just so much better in this game. I mean, he was dominant. In the first game, he only had six points, I think it was. And they were just so well prepared for what Baylor was going to throw at them. And I think it it proved, I mean, I think at this point, they're the clear-cut number one team until someone unseats them. Absolutely. I mean, I thought we were watching two, maybe the two best, but if not two of the best teams in college basketball go at it. Like you said, Azubuki was awesome. And I thought, you know, Baylor, I still don't think, gets the national recognition they deserve. And so I thought that if anybody watched that game, they should have come and w- come away impressed with the Bears. But like you said, Kansas and Azabuka were just too too much for the Bears. Yeah, it was just a great back-and-forth game. Um, I definitely think Kansas had more to lose in that game. You know, you lose that game and you're at jeopardy of not being at the top of the Big 12 for two years in a row, which is kind of unheard of for, for Kansas. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they could have dropped, I thought to a two seed if you lose that game, losing to Baylor twice, and then, you know, if they lose them in the Big 12 tournament or lose to Texas Tech. Um, but you're right. I mean, Bill Self, just an incredibly coached game. Um, I-, I thought it was a really, really good performance for them. I don't – now Now with Kansas' win, I think those two are probably locked up yeah, for one Yeah, those should definitely be locked in for one seed. We'll see what happens um, with San Diego State and Gonzaga, you know, if they, if they get upset and – you know, any other games. I think if San Diego State were to lose another game, they have. There's no way they should be a one seed. I, I still, I don't think even after one loss, they should be a one seed personally. Um, and I mean, Joe Lenardi said that he had was going to put Maryland at a one seed if they had beaten Ohio State. Right. And I think just with a team that's in in a conference like San Diego State and, um, you know, just doesn't play a great schedule, you know, stuff like that. I don't. I don't think that if they lose another game, they should be a one seed. Going back to Baylor for a second, I don't necessarily think that they're locked in at the one line. They okay. have they have a tough okay. final four games coming up. They play Kansas State tomorrow at home. That that should be a win. Then they have TCU on the road on Saturday, and TCU is a team that just beat West Virginia. West Virginia is on a downfall mistaken. right now. Yeah, though. TCU did beat West Virginia. And then they go, they have a home game against Texas Tech. Not going to be easy. And then they close the season at West Virginia. I think. There definitely is margin for error there. I I wouldn't be surprised if they win all four, and I think there's a good chance that they will, but I think that there could be another loss in there. And I mean, coming off a loss against Kansas State, or against Kansas, excuse me, you have to see how an unexperienced team like this responds to the loss. They had only lost once this season, and it was in November in Alaska. So mm-hmm. you, you want to see how they respond. And I think they'll respond well. Scott Drew's a great coach. And I think that I think that they're probably a one seed. But I think that there is room for error there. 
where they could potentially slip up. That's fair. In the Big 12 tournament, too, you know, anything can happen there. It, you know, or they run into Kansas in the championship again. So, yeah, given their last four games, I mean, they would have to lose one to two to not get a, a one seed probably, but that's definitely possible given the tough schedule. I mean, you just look at Kansas and Baylor, and you, you look at the quad wins, and they're clearly two of the dominant teams there. You look at Kansas, they're 11-3 and in quad one games, and then 7-0 and in quad two. Um, and Baylor is ten and one in in quad one games, and then you know five and one in quad two. Yeah, I mean you look at Kansas's uh, three losses. It's Duke on opening night by two points. Um, it's Ed Villanova at the buzzer with a banged up Marcus Garrett, and then they lost to Baylor at home, but Devon Dotson was kind of banged up. So I mean this team at full strength hasn't really lost yet except for opening night, which is kind of scary. And I'll say this and I'll say it again. I do not think, <laughs> you and I have been talking about this, I don't think like an opening night loss means anything in that regard. Like, if, like, and I don't think that like Duke should be like, that should count pos- that much positively towards Duke. Like, yes, you beat Kansas opening night, but like the first game of the season does not mean anything, especially against a top team like that. It just... You're still forming your group. You want to. That's true. Like teams are not at full strength, and obviously everyone's been better than op, everyone's been better since opening night. But you want to incentivize teams to play big game. You know, you want to incentivize big games. You know, Maryland, their first game. Would you rather have them play Fairfield or you know Virginia? Like, oh, I would love. I would it, love a better it, team it, for opening. Not Virginia this year, but and just in, you know, like a, a, a Louisville. A, a, you know, I would have loved a pro- Maryland Louisville matchup this year. Like, that should have been the ACC yeah. challenge, and I will like I will say that so many times. That should have been the ACC Big you, Ten you wanna, challenge. You want to incentivize um, big matchups in these big non-conference games, and I mean, yeah, now that Duke Kansas game probably looks a little bit different. Like there were like thirty turnovers combined in that game. I that bet that would change, but it's still. I mean, it's still. It, it happened in the season. They're gonna count that in. Yeah, and then also this week, I mean, speaking of Duke, you have Duke just get blown out by uh, NC State. They looked horrific in that game. You know, like, you just don't see any effort. I mean, then they go back and have a dominant win against Virginia Tech but and only fall one spot. I thought that Duke should have fallen more than one spot for sure. Um, Duke is a team, and I'll get into this later, like, I think they're a really um, overrated team right now, and the quad wins are a big reason why. Um, right now they're four and three in in quad one games, and six and zero oh in quad two. They have more quad three wins than quad one and two combined. They are eleven and one in quad three. That is how they how they've gotten the majority of their wins. That is how they're at a twenty three and four record. And you know one of their losses is quad three. So really you're only having three of their four losses as, as quad ones and. You know, not all those are even that good of teams that they've, you know, lost to. So I, I just, I, I, yeah, I think that like the NC State game showed a lot of the weaknesses in this team is that it's a young team. And I don't think you can go far with these teams that are constructed of so many freshmen and then like Jack White, who was a walk on, I believe. Can, 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 I, can I make a counter? I just think the metrics, the metrics support Duke is, is a good team. They're fourth in Ken Palm. They are fifth in the net or sorry, they're sixth in the net. On the, uh, I'm going to botch the pronunciation, it's Batorovic, it's another analytic system, they're fourth in that. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but this also isn't like last year's Duke team, where they just threw out a bunch of freshmen and who didn't play well together. I think this team actually meshes better schematically. You have a true point guard in Trey Jones, you have a true you know interior five in Vernon Carey, and they play shooters on the wings. They got Jordan Goldwire, who's kind of their version of Daryl Morsell as a glue guy. I think this team meshes better, and 
kind of like what I said with Maryland. Like, no team was just going to run the table. Like, Duke was probably due for a loss. If if they can win out or... But it's one look, thing to lose. It's another thing to get completely just blown out and, like, to see zero effort. And that's, like, when you have a freshman team like that and you don't have a clear senior leader, like, you can say whatever you want about Trey Jones, but he's a sophomore. Like, there's no one on that team to, like, instill that mentality. And you saw it completely in the NC State game. I gotta agree with Brandon on this one, and I think really, and really, I, you arguing for Duke? I'm yeah. shocked. I th- yeah, I don't. Th- I'm not saying they're winning the national championship. I'm not saying they're making the final four. But what I am saying is they fit the mold of a team that could. And I say that because they have some. They have something that all the other teams have, and that's a dominant guard and a dominant big. You could say that about Maryland. You could say that about Kansas. They they have what it takes, and they surround them with shooters. They have other good. Cassius Stanley's a super explosive player, and I think that they and they're coached by Coach K. And I think that you can't count out Duke. And I mean, I'm not saying count them out, no, but, like, but there's no way they're winning a national championship. In no my team, mind. no team. That is counting them out. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not counting them out. Saying like they're gonna lose like the first two weekends, but in my mind, I do not see them winning a national championship. I see them going to an elite eight and getting beaten in maybe, elite eight. Maybe so, but or I... getting losing in a Sweet Sixteen to Maryland at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> if we can finally have that happen, <laughs> maybe so. But I just think that they are definitely in the conversation for one of the best teams. And I mean, losses happen. But should they be seated over Maryland? I think that Maryland deserves at this point to be seated over them. I right now I would say Duke. I just. I mean, so Maryland only has six quad. Like they only have two more quad one wins. But look at the losses, right? It all depends on how Maryland closes out the season. That's true, and how Duke does too. Well, well, the Duke. Duke has such an easy schedule. Maryland has way more opportunities to get. Okay, let's just say Maryland wins out. If they they win out the regular season, and even let's just say they lose in the semis or the championship of the Big Ten tournament, guys, they still I think probably have a better resume than Duke picking up the win. At home against Michigan State, at home against Michigan, on the road against Rutgers, and then probably a decent win or two in the Big Ten tournament. Like I just think that Maryland's full body of work in that scenario is probably a little better than Duke's. Even I though think they... it is right now, though. If you look at what they've each done this year so far, my, I think Maryland's body of work is better. My biggest problem with And Mar- they're in a better conference. My they're biggest, in a dominant conference. My biggest problem with Maryland's resume, what is their best win? I mean that's a fair point. Um, it's it, it's funny. I was I was looking at this today. I what saw, is Duke so? Because if you're arguing Kansas. Kansas, then that I've been that argument fails. It is the first game. Well, to see. Florida State's a top ten team too, and it yeah. wasn't. I would but, say it's Florida State, but like they beat Louisville too. No, uh, Louisville beat them in oh. Duke. But I feel like but, it's different though. Like when you're a, in a, team, a win when over you're Kansas, a win over Kansas. No, but I'm saying when you're in a conference like the ACC this year. Having a dominant win matters. When you're in a conference like the Big Ten, where night in night out you're playing teams that are ranked you know in the top 50 of the net and you're in a league like this like i think that it matters more but you were able to win nine straight games well that's so that's why maryland has more quad one wins because they have more quad one quad one opportunities because they play in a better league but you look at like just the best wins like playing louisville and playing florida state those that's better than any other you know big 10 team that maryland's beaten like maryland hasn't beaten the top like 15 team yet top yeah they have they beat ohio state when Ohio State was number eleven, that's it. Okay, so but yeah, Iowa, now, now Iowa Ohio State home. has seriously regressed. I mean, you get my point though. Like Maryland doesn't have like a signature huge like national. I think that win. Michigan State win was huge. Yes, Michigan State was not like ranked. T- I just unranked Michigan State, and but like on the borderline rank. Let's be at, honest, on the borderline. Okay, rank. sure. And then also, 
at a ranked, I forget what they were ranked at the time, something in the 20s, Illinois, and currently yes. That Actually, yes, that one is the is the standout win. Yes, that was a, that was a, that was a that was a big win. That was a great win, but like just compared with like Duke's best wins, we have Kansas and Florida State, like, and potentially Louisville I think the and Florida State again. Matter more. I think the way you're performing conference matters more. I think that I, I think, think that, that we should can... be in consideration. I think that quad wins need to be considered more into bracketology. I agree with what you're saying, Lila, but I think that the that you can see it in the AP poll is that people care more about like they love the big the, the Big Ten. Game. The Big Ten will get so many teams in the tournament because they respect the quad one wins and all that but i don't think it necessarily helps big 10 teams in seating line and stuff like that because like like what is maryland's quality win what is it like they don't have the signature win that past maryland teams have had and past you know great teams have had but that's not necessarily their fault but they have been teams that were ranked early in the season. Like, what I'm saying is a lot of it with Maryland, I feel like, is just teams have not been ranked at the time. But you look a lot of their wins, and, like, those are teams that have been ranked high and dominant a lot of times this season. I think that that does matter. At but Penn State would have been a nice uh, right. quality Right, that, that would have been their best win, but they didn't win. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, and the Duke versus Maryland thing, I mean, there's so much season left. It's going to, yeah. you know, come. I think both teams will probably drop another game, and it's probably going to come down to how the season finishes out. So I think they'll both end up as two seeds. I just I just yeah. I want Maryland for our purposes to be in the East. It'll make my life a lot easier <laughs> with travel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you also look at this week. I mean, you just have so many ranked teams lose. Speaking of Penn State, Penn State took a big dip this past week which helped Maryland in the Big 10 standings. You have Penn State lose to Illinois and Indiana. Um you know, Illinois was at they're at home and then they lose at Indiana and so I mean, that helped Maryland now have a two-game lead in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's a team that you've seen kind of drop off. Is that something to be concerned about with them? Like, are they still a team that we think can be a big threat in the Big Ten tournament? I think they can. I, I just think this week is just kind of you get into the top ten for the first time in forever, and it's like you go from being the hunter to the hunted, and mm. I think that that plays a big role in it, and I think that – They'll they'll be prepared now for the rest of the season. I think it's kind of like a wake up call. Like, hey, we're good, but we're not all that yet. And like, they they do need to keep working. And they have some big matchups this week that they're gonna go. They're gonna have Rutgers at home, and then that they're gonna have at Iowa, who they already beat this season. So that's two opportunities where you could see their season tailspin if mm-hmm. they lost two and it becomes a four game losing streak or they write the ship and pick up two big wins this week so it is a huge week for Penn State and they put a lot of pressure on themselves dropping that game to Indiana yesterday and for on the flip side for Indiana that probably locks them into the tournament that's that's what I'm worried about like for Indiana that was the Super Bowl they knew if they won that game like they were probably in the tournament so that's going back to Minnesota like that's why I'm a little scared for Wednesday you have that really desperate last effort um and I think Ohio State was desperate in that way too when you have Maryland there because you know they were I believe below 500 or could have fallen below 500 they, with a loss yeah. there. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of just comes with the territory of being first place mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. It's every just like I said with Penn State, like Maryland is the hunted. Like everyone wants their crack at Maryland. I mean, jumping ahead to Michigan State this weekend, Michigan State's going to come in here saying, saying we can make a huge jump and get back into the 
you know, final four conversation if we go into Xfinity Center and pick up a win. So it's like, that's just kind of what is going to, that's what comes with the territory of being the best team in the Big Ten at the moment. And, you know, that's that's what Maryland has to battle and be ready for. And they've done a good job of it so far, but they've, you know, just got to keep it up. I could not be more excited for this weekend with game day. I mean, I, I told you, Brandon, guys, he owes me a drink, um, <laughs> several drinks. Um, one, one. I thought I thought you said you were like buying me drinks for a night. Like I didn't know. Whoa, it was, just it was one, one drink. drink. <laughs> it was one. I wasn't. I'm not betting my life on where college game day is going. <laughs> anyway, like he, because you were saying it was going to be a Gonzaga St. Mary's, and I was like, there's no way. I thought I thought Duke Virginia. That's not ESPN Ooh. though. It is. It's oh, 6 it o'clock ESPN. But if Virginia sucks this year, who cares? Yeah, no, I, I just <laughs> thought it because cause we already had the matchup. But after I listened to you and Matt interview SVP and him talk about how he thought that, you know, they were kind of itching to come here. Like, I was like, okay, maybe we're going to get it. Then you start to hear rumblings that it's coming. They're shooting a promo video, whatever. Yeah. And, which we're lied to about. Which, I mean, that's... It's Just it's pretty cool. The first time it's been here since two thousand five. I'm, I'm and a really ranked matchup now yeah. because you have Michigan State now at number twenty four. And, and I have to say, like with Penn State losing those two games, which is kind of why I brought this up as well. It does is Maryland pretty secure at the top of winning the Big Ten at this point? I mean, obviously there are games left. Got to win. Got to win on Wednesday. Lose, unless they like, let's say we lose one more game. I think they're secure there. Got Unless it. they lose like three more games, I think they have their spot they clinched. Just, they control their own destiny. You just got to win. Not clinched, but I, I think they... You just have to win the games that you should win. Yeah. Beat Minnesota, beat Michigan State, beat Michigan. There is, I guess, a little margin for error in that Rutgers I think Rutgers they could lose game. at Rutgers, but I think they win the rest. I have, I have an interesting tidbit if we want to get into Rutgers a little bit. Okay. So Rutgers, as we know, they just lost their first game on... At, on their home floor. But, you know, since Rutgers is, they've won one game on the road this year. I think they're one in 10, one in 10, one in nine, something like that on the road. So since 1994, no team has made the tournament with fewer than three wins away wow. from home. And they, I think that they're basically locked into fewer than three. And like, they're probably going to make the tournament, but we've talked about seed lines oh, and stuff like that. I think that. I think that that's, that's going to hurt them. You're going to see Rutgers as like a 10 or 11 seed i think Ooh, i don't know if they would drop that far because well i mean in let's check out this latest bracketology from and Rutgers' remaining schedule is brutal they're at penn state they're home for maryland and they're at purdue i i, I don't see them being the favorite in any of those ga- in any of those games uh so right now in joe lenardi's latest bracketology he has them he has them at a nine and then I saw Fox Sports is today. They had them at an eleven, and I eleven. Th- I, th- I think that this road win thing is gonna be a factor. That's why I think the game that against is a really tough schedule. The game, yeah, the game against Penn State is is huge. Like you could see them fall into a team that's like talked about as like uh, last four buys. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that they're like trending towards the bubble, and I think that. Like their play in the Big Ten tournament is gonna determine like where they are in the seed, and I mean maybe the improbable happens and they get left out, and the committee just says they couldn't win away okay, from there's home. There's no way they get left out of a they, tournament. At this they point. could easily lose. There's these a last scenario. Three, they could easily lose these last three games at Penn State, home for Maryland, at Purdue. Then they're eighteen and thirteen. If I they think got they ba- still if make they the tournament. Eighteen and thirteen. The, if they got bounced early in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. 
I think that there is a scenario where where people are saying, "Wow, I can't believe Rutgers got left." I feel like there's always that one team that are like that are like being talked about being in. You can't have Rutgers not be one of those teams in if you're gonna like say that like, "Oh, Minnesota has a chance to get in." I'm just I saw this interesting tidbit. It was from Jerry Palm of CBS Sports about how there had not been a team since 1994 to make it with fewer than three wins, and I just said. That that's very interesting, and yeah. I think that I think that that will affect them. Definitely, I mean, yeah, that is interesting. They can't. They I don't think they can go zero and four to finish the season. Like maybe they just got to win one of those games to feel good. But yeah, the, their remaining schedule is brutal. And I th- I think that that that's arguably Maryland's toughest game left on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it, Michigan kind of broke it open with uh, winning a game at the rack, but. Uh, I, I, that's going to be really tough. And we saw when they came here, Rutgers, that, that was a really tough game for Maryland. It was a defensive grind. And I, I'm interested to see how the Terps fare up there. That's we talk, the one we talk about Michigan for a second because yeah, they're, they're quietly they're surging. surging. When they have Isaiah Livers in the lineup, it looks a lot like the team that... And they jumped big into, into the rankings this week. When they have Isaiah Livers in the lineup, that's a team that, like was playing top 15 level at one point in the season. Um, I really respect Juwan Howard as a coach, and especially one thing I respect about Juwan Howard is just how he is with the media. I, I really respect that. So who do we think, if you're Maryland, and you could potentially see Michigan or Ohio State on Friday, the Big Ten tournament, in that 11 a.m., uh, like, you know, one versus eight, one versus nine game, who do you think Maryland should be more scared of, Ohio State or Michigan? I don't know. I think... I think... I'll have a better answer after senior day, after we yeah, see... Yeah, because they haven't played Michigan. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that they haven't played Michigan yet. But I, I lean Ohio State just because they've played them twice and they, like, Turgeon can draw up a game plan and say, this is what they did well against us in Columbus. This is how we need to combat it. And also maybe just that chip on the shoulder from Anthony Cowan going up against mm-hmm. Ohio State the third time after how things ended... The last game. I don't know. I lean Ohio State here, but I will have a. I would say I'd have a final answer after we see how Maryland matches up against Michigan uh, on the March eighth or ninth matchup. Yeah, I think that that matchup. You know, obviously, like we need to see them play Michigan, but I would say Ohio State. I would rather not see because I think that like with Michigan, you have really good guards, but I feel like you don't have as much of an answer of stopping Jalen Smith. Yeah, I just last year. I mean, obviously, it was a much more talented Michigan team, but. Xavier Simpson outplayed Cowan in both games and caused some problems for him. And Teske caused some problems for uh, Bruno. Now, obviously, Jalen Smith's a different kind of player than um, Bruno is, and he's more talented offensively. Teske matches up better with Bruno than yeah. Jalen. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's you're right. I have, I have to see Michigan play Ohio State, but I think Michigan's a little scarier because just with Livers in the lineup, their resume is better than their record. Agreed. I think Michigan's dangerous, and I think that that's going to be a really tough game for Maryland. And looking ahead to this weekend, Michigan plays at Ohio State, and I think that's that's going to be that that could be a game that determines who Maryland plays in that Friday twelve noon game, assuming Mm -hmm. that they're the one seed and all that. But I mean, the Big Ten tournament is going to be crazy. It's going to be insane. Seeding does not matter. No, it's like I was looking at it today, and I was like. What is Maryland's best path? Like, what if they fell to a two? Like, is that a better path? Like, like no. There's no, nothing is going to be easy about the Big Ten tournament. It's going to be a grind that entire week. Whoever comes mm-hmm. out, like, you could make an argument that it'd be better to lose early just to, you know, just avoid the 
strain on your team of like winning that tournament. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see like, like probably not Maryland if, because if Maryland, Maryland needs won to prove because, that it can do no, that it can actually win a tournament. Okay, I don't I don't see it <laughs> happening to Maryland. Let's just say they won it and they were a two seed or a one seed. Like they probably aren't going to lose. But if a team like uh, Michigan or even Ohio State or uh, Michigan State won and they are put in like a five twelve matchup six eleven matchup like that's that's a tough turnaround after the Big Ten tournament. I think that's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on when you're filling out your bracket. Pay attention to who won the Big Ten tournament, what their matchup is in that first round, because that's you're going through a gauntlet that weekend, especially if it's a team that wins it that came out of Thursday that didn't have the double bye. Like, mm-hmm. that, it's, it's or like if be, you have a team that's playing the first day and somehow like makes it almost Yeah, it's fast. crazy because there's going to be there's going to be tournament teams playing. There's could be tournament teams playing on Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament, which is depending kind of on of. depending on yeah. how like Purdue and Minnesota, like how all that shakes out. Like, uh, that's it's going to be fun. Yeah, I will say that Virginia didn't win the ACC tournament last year. They won it all. Villanova the year before they didn't win the Big East yeah. tournament. Like they're like, it's not like just because you win your conference tournament does not necessarily. I think it kind of hurts you. I like, not hurts you, but are you better off getting a little extra rest, not having, to, especially this year in the Big Ten? Like, you're not saying go out and throw the game, but it's like if Maryland lost on that Friday or Saturday, like. Like, no, it's not the end of the turn, world. I, not the end of the world. But here's the thing, though. Maryland fans will act like it is because they'll be like, oh, another year where, where Mark Church... Like, no offense, guys, but, like, people need to, Maryland like, have, be a bit more optimistic about this team. Maryland didn't win the ACC tournament when they won the 2002 right, championship. But I think that Maryland needs to prove that it can win one or two games in the Big Ten tournament because it has not even proved that it can win one, and that's a major problem. So, so win one, then throw the Saturday game. No, don't throw. <laughs> I don't throw because here's the thing too, right? Like Maryland wins. Let's say Maryland wins the Big Big Ten regular season title, which I think is probable right now, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Maryland win the Big Ten tournament. That helps their seeding tremendously, tremendously. Yeah, you're right. I will I'm, say the last team to win their conference tournament and win it all was Louisville in 2013. So there's not a great track record. It's, no, it's not. That's that's why I say it. That that's why I say it because I know that the track record isn't good, and it's it's just something to be wary about, especially with how crazy the Big Ten is this year. Just something to consider. Right. And before we get into some of our predictions and a bit more debating, if we haven't been debating enough for you. <laughs> Kentucky is another team like Michigan that seems to be surging right now. They've now won 10 of their last 11. Um, you know, another young team. Um, you know, they do have, you know, they're not as young as they have been in past years, and they don't have, like, those really, really dominant fresh. I mean, they do have some really good freshmen, but, like, it's not. I think it's a little bit different than Kentucky's teams you've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're right now, you know, looking really hot. I really like this Kentucky team. I think that... They're an unusually experienced Kentucky team. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You have Hagen, sophomore, quickly, sophomore, Richard, sophomore. I mean, it's like... And with the way that he, like, coaches and preps them, like, sophomores are experienced when you're on a Kentucky team because it's yeah. just such a one-and-done school. And I, th- I think that their team kind of flying under the radar. I th- they play Auburn this weekend. It's a home game for Kentucky. They'll be a favorite. I think that's, that's a big game for them. And, you know, if they handle Auburn... I think people are going to be talking about Kentucky. If they beat Auburn by a good amount, I think people are going to be talking about Kentucky a lot. The brackets, the bracketology hasn't really reflected uh, Kentucky in the best way yet, just because the yeah, SEC isn't, isn't that great. But, but like, 
Yeah. The, well, the one the one biggest problem with Kentucky's resume, and I think this might drop him a whole seed, is that Evansville yeah. like no. has nine wins. They, they lost to Evansville on their home court. Their I coach mean, got fired in the middle of the season. Yeah, like that. Like, like not that bad to do with basketball, yeah, but, but <laughs> um, yeah. But like, I, like, like Stephen F. Austin, who do lost to again, that's not a, that's not an excusable loss either. But that team isn't like at least in complete shambles. Like, like I think that Evansville loss is going to drop them a little bit. And the, you're you're right. The SEC doesn't have the quad one opportunities that like the Big East has, the Big Ten has. So that that's probably why the bracketology hasn't caught up. But I agree. You know, we talked about it earlier. They have a really good big in Nick Richards and really good point guard play in Hagens and quickly and Maxie. I mean, they have three really good guys. Yeah, I forgot. Him. I didn't Maxie. say him because he's a, a freshman, freshman, but, but like he's, he's their leading scorer. So yeah. I agree. I mean. I don't know I if think I will to- be a three seed. I don't know if I totally buy them yet. Like I need to kind of watch yeah. them more because they don't blow out SEC teams. But I like, like them. I, the game I really liked watching them. They played a game in January at Arkansas. Arkansas had a lot of hype around them at that mm-hmm. point. They had the place rocking. Coach Musselman, who's a favorite coach of mine in college basketball, he had he had the, uh, Fayetteville rocking, and mm-hmm. Kentucky goes in there and picks up a nice win, and I. They they're just I think they're a balanced team. They're, it's not Calipari's best team, but it's it's a good team, and I think that they're kind of flying under the radar yeah. just because they play in the SEC, and you know maybe that serves them well that they aren't that battle tested yet, and they they're kind of they haven't had to grind out games like how Maryland has and how Baylor has and Kansas. And yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. All the Big East teams. Yeah. We haven't even talked about any of the Big East teams yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think that they can maybe make it up to, like, a three seed. I don't think they should be in contention for a two seed. Yeah, the the losses are probably going to hurt them too much. But, I mean, if you're a two seed, I don't think you want to see Kentucky as your three. That's, no, that definitely be, not. That would be scary. Right, and looking at this bragtology, I mean, let's get into a little bit what this now looks like for where Maryland is projected. Uh, this, latest, this latest bragtology from Lenardi has Maryland placed just in the worst region possible. You have Baylor at the one seed. Maryland's the two seed. It has uh, Villanova at the three seed. Kentucky, the four seed. Michigan State, the five seed. Arizona, the six seed. Texas Tech playing Virginia in the 7-10 matchup, <laughs> who Maryland would have to play in the second round. Like That that would be ridiculously hard. I hope mm-hmm. I, I hope that does not happen. I mean, that, that would be an insane region like wow but I, I don't think Kentucky ends up as a four seed uh, Michigan State maybe has some movement depending on how I, they finish I think Texas Tech will go up if yeah. they can like Texas Tech has had such a weird season very weird they have season. a lot of losses but it's a lot of losses to good teams they struggled in the middle but the leading score was out I, I think not, I think Virginia probably they have nine they're 18 and nine too. can we just talk about like they're 18 and look, nine if you right? look at all their losses though like <laughs> Iowa and Creighton uh Jemias Ramsey was kind of banged up for at DePaul is kind of like that's not a good loss but like TCU I mean on the road that's Oklahoma not like a, State Oklahoma State's a little off the bubble. I mean, yeah, they're not great. Lot like they like every time like oh I wanted to buy into them, they lost Oklahoma State. I'm like okay, I can't buy in yet. Like it's definitely not their Elite Eight, Final Four teams in the past. I but. just wouldn't want to have to face the winner of the rematch of the national championship <laughs> in the in the second round of the NCAA yeah, tournament. True. Like because come it's, on, obviously teams with like NCAA tournament experience. I mean, that'd be I, brutal. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. For I mean, you know, we're you know coming at this from a you know, purpose of objective journalists, like who, you know, want the best scenario for Maryland, because that means we get to cover more games. 
Um, you know, I think for a lot of us, it's been a dream for a long time to cover Final Four. I know for me, it's been something I've thought about since I was a really little kid. Um, but for travel purposes, I, I've, t- I've said it. I want Duke and East. But, I mean, Houston, the Airbnb, that's probably the second best scenario in terms of my travel purposes. But you're right. That's that's a gauntlet. But, yeah, you, so you'd be heartbroken when Texas Tech upsets them in round two. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I yeah, that's, that's a good point. Would I rather have to pay for, like, a flight to Los Angeles or not even get let's there? Just, let's just have the scenario where Maryland goes as far as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I would much prefer that. Oh, I guess we could shift gears into... A segment that I came up yes. with with yeah. last night. This is gonna night. be a fun one. This, 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 I cooked this up last night. I thought it was a really interesting segment. I was thinking along the lines: What if there was a trade deadline in college basketball? And so the question is: If you could add one player from any Big Ten team to Maryland's bench, who would it be? Now the catch is: It cannot be a top three scorer on a team. So. Using Michigan State as an example, you couldn't take Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, or Aaron Henry, but you could take Rocket Watts. So I I guess I'll kick it off. And I had two picks here. I'll I'll let Brandon take one of mine (laughs) because I I thought it was a really good pick, but he can touch on it more. I would have picked it too, but you guys both picked it. So I was like, I'm just going to go a different direction. (laughs) So I guess my pick for this would be Ryan Creener, who is a backup center on Iowa. And I just said his stats don't really jump off the page. He's kind of like his name Indiana Brunk. 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 It's kind of like Brunk from Indiana. But I just think he's like a tough, rugged big man who we could bring off the bench. Who like mm-hmm. and using yesterday's game as an example. I mean, Chol was meh in the game yesterday. Like he he was better than he had been in some games, but you still saw him getting completely exposed and pick and roll and pick and pop scenarios. I mean, he just couldn't really defend the three-point line at all. I think you slide in a guy like Creener from uh, Iowa. I think Maryland's so solidified when it comes to their, you know, front court depth. And I, and that just goes back to the Mitchell twins leaving mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, that's just been an issue all season. I think you slide in a guy like that. who's not, not the most skilled by guy, but someone who come in, play tough defense, get some rebounds, get some putbacks. I, I really like Creener. And then my, Runner-up pick, probably would have been my favorite pick, but I'll let Brandon take it, was Micah Potter from Wisconsin, who absolutely torched Maryland in their game against Wisconsin. And then Greg Gard took him out for the end of the game for some reason. Not sure why, but uh, Brandon can go into my Yeah, so I think we had the same idea. It's like, where where could Maryland most improve on the floor? Like, you're not going to get better at point guard. You're not going to get better at, like, I guess the center. I mean, sticks could float between the four and the five. So my initial thoughts were improve front court depth and improve wing sh- wing shooting because, I mean Wiggins and Ayala are fine and they do more than just shoot but like they don't have a pure just knockdown shooter like so which was, we thought Wiggins would be this year but but thirty percent is I mean maybe if they can that's the thing though we were saying with Ohio State if those two can get going it's a different story Ayala has has looked a lot better recently. yeah mm-hmm. but so so anyway I was like but you know what like Dante Scott's been fine in the front court but like. That's definitely a spot where you can improve. And if you're just adding somebody, I, I thought Micah Potter was a perfect guy. He could play either the five or the four, kind of depending on how they want. Like, I think him and Sticks would be a nice fit because they can both shoot from the outside. 40% from three, Potter. Yes. He's, he's a very solid player. If you had two, if you had two 6'10 guys shooting 40%, I yeah. mean, how are teams going to guard you? But uh, you know, another solid rebounder. Like you said, like the backup center minutes have been kind of an issue all season. And 
you could you could do the minutes you spend on Chol. If you were spending them on Michael Potter, <laughs> that would be a I mean a like, big upgrade. Maryland probably like, you you have Michael Potter on the team yesterday. Like Maryland probably doesn't lose that. Game. No, because like, you could put him on Caleb Watson. When I mean, it's like when Chol's in the game, it's like I love Chol. I, I I want him to be so good, and I think it's a great story, and I think there's potential there. But like right now, he's just such a liability on both ends. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. I mean, I think they should be playing Tamayich over him, but I'm not. I'm I'm more in the Ricky Lindo camp. Okay, I <laughs> I am too. So I, yeah. I, yeah, more than Chol, but yeah, Lila, who did you pick for this? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys like you know Micah Potter. That's a great pick. I won't do a third Micah Potter. I was so I'm kind of both. My players are more, um, you know, on the guard side of things. Some diversity. Yeah. So first, I have Trent Frazier for. Um, Illinois, who's averaging 9.4 points a game, 2.2 rebounds, 2 assists. He's shooting 34.8% from the field and 32.5% from three. Um, and, you know, he's had some games where he's looked really, really good. He looked really good against Maryland um, when Maryland, when they were at Maryland. Um, he had 13 points mm-hmm. there. I mean, against Purdue, he had 21 points. He's had, you know, like a 16-point game. He's he scored in double double figures in, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah, eleven of their games. I mean, like, you know, that's big in my I think. And um you know, I think that they need someone who can just, you know, shoot the three like that. And he's a guy who, you know, has had a lot of games this season where he's really been able to hit a lot of threes for his team. You know, had a ton of games this season with, you know, four or five threes in a game and I, I think that'd be good for Maryland. And then the other guy now, this is someone, if you know me and you talk college basketball with me, you know that I'm not a fan of this guy personally, no offense um, to Brad Davison. I'm not a fan of him personally. He has fallen on me before in games. It was very painful back when I was doing photo stuff. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he clearly was trouble for Maryland this year. And uh, he bugs me at times. But Wisconsin fans <laughs> love him. Like if he was on your yeah. team, if he was on your no, team, if he's on your team, we love him. And because you know why? Like he's a grinded out guy. Imagine if you Morsell and Brad Davison, you just have those two tough, gritty guys who are just going to lock down on defense. And this is a guy who's you know shooting almost forty percent from the field, averaging nine point six points, four point two rebounds, one point seven assists. Um, you know, shooting you know almost thirty percent from three. And I just think that his grit and toughness could really be an asset for Maryland. Yeah, he I, I mean, he would again. I'm with you. Like I, as a as a someone like I guess I mean I don't really now that I'm coveraging I don't like root for anybody. But I, you know I liked Indiana in high school. Um, and I just I hated I hated watching him play. Like I hated playing against him. But Wisconsin fans ride for that guy. And I know if he was wearing a Maryland jersey, Maryland fans would too. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so I guess the next we're gonna have two more segments before we wrap this up. Um, and you know, well, if you guys want us to do certain segments, you know, comment in, let us know what you want us to be talking about on this new podcast. We want to get you prepared with everything that you need to know to prepare your bracket. Now I have to say with this season of college basketball, there is no way that no, anyone's going to be having a perfect bracket. So do not listen, like <laughs> listen to us, but like, we're not going to help you have a perfect bracket because no one's going to, but we can certainly help you out. So let us know what you want to know, what you want us to discuss. So First, we're going to tell you the teams that we think you should not be choosing to pick at all. Maybe go against us if you want, but um, these are some teams that we think are underrated and uh, should overrated. not. Oh, overrated. Sorry, yeah, overrated, not underrated. These are some teams that we think are overrated, and uh, we will not be having, uh, you know, as teams that we're too worried about down the line. Uh, I guess I'll start with mine. I kind of hinted at it earlier. My first is Duke. 
I gave my reasons for that before, so I'll get into my second, is Gonzaga. I think, you know, Brandon and I, we've talked about this, like, last year was Gonzaga's, like, dominant team, like, a team mm-hmm. that looked really, really good, and I just don't think that they have, like, as many of the pieces this year. They don't have a lot of those guys, and also, like, I mean, they lost that, they lost that game this week. They actually play um, an easier schedule than San Diego State. When you look at strength of schedule, yeah, I mean they—that's they crazy. They I got didn't a, know that. they got unlucky in Maui because like the way the bracket shifted, like they didn't have to play Oregon mm-hmm. or Seton Hall, or they know well, they beat Oregon. I don't know if that was in Maui. They didn't have to Seton Hall. They didn't have to play because Oregon and Seton Hall played, right. and then they they lost to Michigan in the in the championship, championship of um, battle for Atlantis. So I know we, when we talked over the weekend, I was like, yeah, I'm not really on the Gonzaga train. But the more research I did, like, the, the metrics just... But, like, here's the thing, the though. Metrics... Like, are you just going by metrics or are you going by what you think watching games? Because when you've watched the games, you've told me you don't, they don't look that good. So go by what you but, see, but not who, by but the who, metrics. But who does, like, look that good? And there's just, like... So I guess I'll dive into this now. The beginning of the year, there was this narrative that there's no elite teams in college basketball. And I thought at the beginning of the season, maybe that was true. But I think, like, five to six teams have established themselves. I mean, Kansas is elite. Baylor has lost. Kansas is the cream of the crop right now, yeah. I think, and I think Dayton is firmly in that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into that, Dayton so, I mean, shortly. If, if, I'm assure, I'll you, assure you. If you look at net rankings, Ken Palm and the Bartorvik like metric system, you know, like and, and and win and loss record, those four or five teams: Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, um, Dayton, Duke, and San Diego State. A little bit like those five to six. Throw Maryland in there too. I think they're not, but according, at least according to like Ken Palm and net no, ranking, like they're not as high. Everything else, like I'm just saying though, those five to six teams for another day. Those five to six teams coincidentally are up in that zone. So I agree with Gonzaga. Like I don't like they don't have the guards this year, and they're not like they're not as explosive as they were last year. But neither is the sport in general. So like I don't love them. I'm not picking them for my Final Four, but I see why they're slotted where they are. I mean, and they're another team where, like I said. They have a weak schedule, and they're in another situation where they have more quad three and four wins than anything else. And theirs is even worse than Duke. They have 19 quad three and four wins, and they have eight combined quad one and two, including only five quad one. They don't. They don't lose the bad teams, though. I mean, I guess like that's like all I can. Like, like you know, teams lose games this year. Like like Duke lost. But like they've they looked beat, really they beat bad. St. Mary's by thirty at St. Mary's. St. Mary's a good team. But they've been almost season. upset in a lot of games this year. And I think that once you face, like, some bigger teams in the tournament, like, they're just not going to hold up. Because you guys can say, oh, like, these stats and metrics, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But, like, yes, that means something. But when you're not playing a strong schedule and you get to the tournament and you're playing these really good teams and you're just used to being able to go down against teams and just come back, like, against weak teams, that you're not going to be able to do that against a good team in the tournament. You're just not. That, that's fair. No, that's 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 a knock against Gonzaga. And, like, I... I'm not a huge fan of them, but I've at least I've rationalized myself on them and I see like why they are. So you've really changed in the course of like a few days. I wouldn't pick them to make the I'm not gonna pick them to make the final four still. But like I I'll probably have them getting out of the first weekend. I, I mean, oh yeah, I'm not saying they're gonna lose in the first weekend, but I don't see them getting farther than an Elite Eight. It depends on the bracket, but I mean Jordan, what do you think? You haven't given your Gonzaga All right, thoughts yet. Well, Gonzaga I think I agree with you, Brandon. Like I th- I think that they're I'm not picking them to make the Final Four, but, like, I think they'll probably make the Elite Eight. Like, I think they're a really good team. I can't say I've watched too much of them. I watched a little bit of the BYU game the Mm -hmm. other night. But, 
like I think they're a great team. Mark Few's awesome, and I think that they're they're always going to be in the conversation. For me, the most overrated team is San Diego State. I, I'm with and, you. Yeah, that's another one of my overrates as well. And it's just like I watched most of that uh, UNLV game, and it's just like it's just great. Final four teams don't lose that type of game on your home floor. Like it's just it, it's too much for me. And I think if San Diego State is a one seed and they got stuck in a with an eight seed like Big Ten team in that second game, like bye bye San Diego State. Like I, I'm not gonna say they're gonna. I can't say now they're gonna lose in the second round. I can. But if I but if I see the <laughs> if I see the bracket and I really think that that eight nine matchup is like a juicy matchup and like some two two solid teams, like I'm picking against San Diego State. And I just Malachi Flynn's good. I, I think they're a good team, but it's it's just I don't know. I. They're not battle tested, and I just—they haven't been there before. I just wouldn't be surprised to see them fizzle out in the second round. I—I I don't see them making an elite eight. I think mm-hmm. Sweet Sixteen is kind of the ceiling. I mean, if they did survive that eight-nine game, then it's like playing a four or five seed that could be pretty solid. It's probably like I don't know them against Auburn. Like I probably lean Auburn. Like yeah. there's just there's so many teams. Oregon, like. I'm just I'm taking so many teams that play in power power six conferences like more than San Diego State. Like I I'm just not a believer. Could be wrong. They might be cutting down the nets in Atlanta, but I I'm not a I'm not an Aztecs <laughs> believer and we'll see what happens. Well that's why I want Maryland in the East region, because if you San Diego State everyone, has a one seed in that region, like that's ideal. Everyone wants, ideal, everyone's gonna yeah, wanna be the two seed in the region. The ideal scenario is to be the two seed in the scenario that has San Diego State as a one seed. Yeah, so the number one the best two seed will be that will be in San Diego State's region likely. And and assuming I, they, I, I think, they hold on think, as a one seed. I think seed. it's between Duke, Dayton and Maryland, like yeah. it's um, Florida State's in the conversation too. Yeah, I think they're down like three points right now, so they got they gotta win tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're down one. Um I think you guys hit on it. I mean Gonzaga I'm not like a huge believer in. San Diego State I definitely don't believe in. And then you look at the rest of like the top twenty or at least the top ten. Like Florida State's sixth, I mean I don't love them, but I think they're solids. I wouldn't necessarily call them overrated. Um, so I think I don't really have a. I, mean, I know it's kind of a cop out of an answer. I don't have an overrated team. Um, to, to, I mean, really? I mean, San Diego State's kind of like the glaring. Yeah, one. I mean, I okay. So you brought up Auburn. I actually don't think they're very good. Um, I think they. I I agree with you, but I think that they would beat San Diego yes, State. Yes, I'm not trying to use San Diego State as my yeah. barometer here because I don't think they're very <laughs> yeah. good. Um, but I mean, Auburn did lose Isaac Okoro recently to a hamstring injury, and like they're much better when he's in the lineup. But like their resume is just not that good, except for Kentucky at home. They've beaten very few tournament teams, and at least for me, when I watch them play, I'm not like this team is that good. Like I think those teams ranked. Comeback like, against LSU was was a nice that was, game. That for was them. a good game, but I, like LSU's not that good either. They're the fine. Team. They're fine. Um, so I think you guys hit on Gonzaga, San Diego State, and I'll say Auburn. All right, um, so now the teams that we do think are going to do well, which we'll get into, and each week we will give you our final four teams because, I mean, stuff is obviously due to change with the nature of this college basketball season more than any other. It's certainly been a crazy one, so I guess we'll start with you, Brandon. What is your final four? I think if you talk to Brandon or you even <laughs> see his Twitter, I think you know what one of these teams is going to be, so why don't you start with that yeah, one? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm huge <laughs> on the Dayton train, and the, the response I get is, well, they haven't beaten anybody, they haven't played anybody. You go at it with some people on Twitter about Dayton. 
the best college basketball game I've seen this season was Dayton versus Kansas in the Maui Invitational Tournament. What it, a game. It was just the best, like, just well-played, big shots being made. Azubuke versus Obi Toppin. It was just, like, the best mesh of Wire teams. to wire, too. It, it, was, it was just the most complete game. And Dayton really hasn't slipped up since then. I mean, they lost to Colorado on a neutral court in overtime. So they haven't lost a game in regulation yet. They're the only team in America that can say that. And I'm usually actually not a mid-majors guy in general. Like, I don't believe in... Like, everyone last year was picking, like, Belmont against Maryland, and I didn't see it. I mean, Belmont almost won. But Dayton is not your typical mid-major because they have the best player in the country in Obi Toppin. Like, that guy is... He's a, he's a lottery pick, you know. I I think he should be a top five pick. I, I mean, you every Dayton game, he's throwing down some windmill or doing something crazy. and But it's more than Toppin. Jared Crutcher is... One of the best guards in the country. He's a senior. He's an experienced guy. They've got glue guys and Trey Landers and Ryan Mikesell. Like they're not super deep, but they're just they're five. In in my opinion, is the best five. And every time I watch them, my eyes just tell me this team is good. And I mean, they only have two less quad one wins than Maryland. I'm just how do they, they go up in your stat metrics though? They're in the, I mean, yeah, in the metrics, they're fourth in the net. They're okay. sixth. They're sixth in Kempom. They're so, five so in So we meet. Court. So we meet your test in both ways then. Yeah. So I'm going to be picking every week in the segment. If we do this every week, I'm just slotting Dayton through. <laughs> I'm just going to slot Kansas through. I mean, we've talked about how down. Yeah, I they think are. most Kansas will definitely stay in for. I think all of us and Dayton certainly for you. Right now, I have Baylor. Maybe it's recency bias because I just watched them play a really good game. But they're just their resume to me. It just says top four team. Um, you know, they've only lost two games. I think they're a well-balanced team. Great guard and Jared Butler. They got glue guys and um, Mark Vital or Vital. And then Galapsi, the big guy. Like, they just have a lot of nice pieces and nice players that I watch when I, when I, when I, when I watch them. I just think they're good. And the fourth team, I was flipping back and forth. I was thinking about Duke. Um, and I'm going to, Jordan, I might have to steal this from you. But I was looking at Seton Hall, too. They have the second most quad one and quad two wins in the country with 15. I don't understand why the metrics don't love them. Like, they're they're pretty low in Ken Palm. I'm pretty sure they're, they're like yeah. 19. Yeah, 19 in Ken Palm. I, I don't really get that. They beat Maryland without their two best scores. Like that. Yeah, and some of their losses came without Powell. Like, when he's playing, you know, when, when he's healthy and he's on the court. They like, lost to Rutgers when he gets hurt. Like Mamo Kalishvili got hurt yeah. against Iowa State. Like, after that kind of middle of the season injury blip, they've been really good and ten ten and five in quad one. I mean, that's incredible. Um, but since you're gonna say them, I'll I'll stick with my Duke pick. I, I just think Duke has the pieces. So my my final four, at least this week, Kansas, Baylor, Dayton, Duke. So you really figure you could have two Big Twelve teams in the final four? Yeah, I I do. Um, I mean, obviously they can't be in the same bracket, but. They've just, they've been, real, and I don't think the Big 12 is like that bad. I mean, Texas Tech's good. West Virginia's I, solid. I don't think Texas Tech is that good. Oklahoma's a tournament team. TCU's close. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Big 12 is that bad either. It's not, yeah. So it's I, not I, that good. It's, pro- it's probably the third best this season. I, it, it it's, yeah, it's probably about, it's going to get more teams in the SEC. So yeah, I, I feel comfortable putting two Big Pac 12 teams. Pac 12's kind of surging right now. Yeah, I feel like the Pac 12 is surging a little bit above the Big 12. I don't know. So that, that's my four. I'll, I'll give my four. I'll start off with Kansas. And then I already mentioned, we, we talk a lot about Kansas, so I won't get into it too much. I just think that they're most complete, great coaching, and they have that duo, Dotson and Azabuke. Like I said, I like that I like that duo this year. I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. And then I have Seton Hall, which my reasoning for picking them, like they, they play well in big games. Like you said, 10 and five in the quad one games, their first place in the big East right now. And I just, 
when March Madness comes around, I like to pick teams that have that one awesome player mm-hmm. who can carry them. Mm-hmm. And Miles Powell can carry them. If they're if they're down fifteen in the first half in a tournament game, but I'm not counting them out because Miles Powell can just go off. And I, I think Miles Powell is a first team All American. He's one of the best players in the country. Like I just I love Seton Hall. I think that they're an awesome team. Not, not to cut you off, but they've won nine games this year when losing at halftime. Like you said, yeah. like down 15, like they're never out of it. I, th- I I just think that they're an awesome team. And then my other two, I have Maryland, which we've already touched on Maryland a lot. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I This team just has that it factor to me. Having watched Maryland basketball my whole life, like I have never felt better about a Maryland basketball team. Like, Maybe, like, the one team that, like, it kind of reminds me of was Gravis' senior season 2010. And this team is a lot better than that. Maryland was a four seed that year. And they're a crazy buzzer beater away from probably making the final four that year. Shout out Draymond Green to Corey Lucius. But, um, <laughs> like, I just, this Maryland team, like, does it for me. And I think that being, I mean, it, it all depends on how they finish the season. But being the best team in the Big Ten it, which has been the best conference of basketball this season. Like I, I think that says a lot, and I think they might not get necessarily the respect to be like a one seed, but Maryland does it for me this year. And then my last pick right now is Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Like we said before, I'm, I'm a big believer in Kentucky right now. I think that they are very complete. They're a very complete team. Coach Cal is awesome, and it's an experienced team that I think can certainly make some noise. And I, I like their experience, and I think that playing in the SEC, maybe they don't get a two-seed, but I think it kind of helps them because they aren't so battle-tested like a Maryland team or like a Seton Hall team. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that kind of plays in your favor this year, and that's why I like Kentucky. Lila, who's your final four? All right, As so... Of today. I'm going back and forth about my fourth team currently at the moment with this Louisville-Florida State going on, and you have really been pushing hard on me with Dayton, but we'll, uh, well, I'll, I'll do my first. <laughs> I really first. like Dayton, too, by the way. I, Dayton's, like, right on the cusp for me, but I just, those were my four teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll go with, like, my first three that, like, I'm the most sure about. Um, so, like you guys, I also have Kansas. Um, like we said, like, they're a really well-coached team. Um you know, they've looked really dominant so far this year. Um, you know, they've some great wins on their resume, and I think that they have, you know, the senior leadership, just like the veteran leadership that they need, mm-hmm. um, you know, to make that run. And then, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, we mentioned too, like the thing with having a point guard and a good center, I think that'll play a huge, huge factor. And they just have, you know, some dominant guys. And the thing with them is they can have, like, guys switch of who's going to be dominant on a given night, and I think that's important, too. I think that, like, to have one guy be able to go off when another one is just having a bad night is really important um, in a tournament because not everyone is going to be, like, unless you're, like, you know, one of these huge lottery pick guys, like, no one's going to be just, like, insanely dominant on every night, back-to-back games and things like that. So I think that's going to be a big factor for them. I also think Seton Hall, like, like you said, Jordan, like, besides that injury blip, they've looked really good. I mean, I mean, you got into why you think them, so I won't touch on them too much, just like I didn't touch on, you know, Kansas too much, because, you know, you talked about them as well, but, I mean, Seton Hall looks really looked really good against Maryland, you know, being minus, 
you know, minus their two best players. Um, and, I mean, even though it was a bit of a trap game for Maryland, too. But, yeah, I mean, th- like you said, the 10-5 and five in Quadrant 1, the Big East, is, is a gauntlet this year as well, and especially, like, lately. And they've just, you know, played so many ranked teams and been able to grind out those big wins, which I, I think is really important. And, you know, yes, they're, you know, right now 13th in the country. They'll probably get a three seed. But you just look at the wins that they've been able to have, you know, this season, especially recently. And, and it's pretty big. I mean, they beat 21 Butler. Um, they won at Villanova when Villanova w- was 10. For the first time in years. They, yeah, they, they hadn't won there forever. Um, I mean, yes, they lost that game to Providence, but it was a close one. They lost to Creighton. That's kind of a close game, too. Watch out for Creighton. Yeah. Yeah, Creighton's kind of surging right now a little bit. I might bit. be in my next week's so, yeah. uh, Final they, Four. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think they look really good. I mean, they've lost to, you know... A close game to Oregon and a close game to Michigan State. Like they competed against both of those teams, and I think they, you know, also just have that. I really like teams in tournaments that have that are not just made of freshmen and sophomore, and they're mm-hmm. not. They have that senior leadership, um, and I think that's important. I think Maryland, another team we've touched on a lot. I, I, I agree. I've, I've been watching Maryland my whole life, and I think that this is, you know, one of the best Maryland teams I've seen in a really long time. And I just know from interacting with them on a day-to-day basis how hungry Anthony Cowan is to get that championship. And just this whole mentality that this team has after every single win of not basking in it whatsoever and just being like, no, like, our goal is to have a ring at the end of the day. Like, I think once this team gets to the tournament, they're so hyper-focused on that. Like, I don't think that a lot is going to be able to stop them with just where they're going to be at mentality-wise. And I don't think that they've reached their peak yet. I really don't. Um... And my last team, I think, you know, Louisville's down right now. And now that this I think be, this more... This won't be a bad loss. It, I know, but now so. that I think more about it, like, they're in the ACC, and I'm really not big on the ACC this year. So I, I think I will go with Dayton. You may have convinced me. Um, Brandon's really happy about this right now. But I do like Obi Toppin, and I think it's good to have a dominant player like that. So I'll put Dayton in as my four. So you guys both picked Maryland. Obviously, we all go to Maryland. But my... the Like... The thing that's keeping me from fully believing in them is, like I said earlier, they haven't beat they haven't beaten that elite team yet, and you could argue once you get to the Sweet Sixteen, like a lot of that's their they schedule. haven't been given the opportunity. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So like, just like I just wonder, can they? Because you know, if you like, they could Kentucky could be their three seed, Villanova, Seton Hall. I'm like, I'm just worried. Like, can to get to the Final Four, can they win two big time games in a row? That's just what's holding me back. And you guys obviously believe they can, and. I'm not saying they can't. I just like right now, a little. Skeptical. I see where you're coming from. I'm definitely, I'm definitely a homer. Like I'll, okay. I'll, I'll admit <laughs> it. Like I'm when it comes to Maryland, like I'm, I'm definitely a homer in some <laughs> respects. But I'm also very critical of Maryland, and like I see where you're coming I mean, from yeah, with you that. Come but, out, you come out from objective journalism. Yeah, professor. Exactly. Like perspective. I mean, I, <coughs> yes and no, but like Maryland, I just, I just think this team has the. It factor. No, this that, year. that's fair. That great point they guard. They passed the eye test. Great for point me. guard, great center, NBA ish talent. Um, um, no, definitely. Depends I, on Wiggins, I think. No, yeah. that's what's going to be the factor is if you can have the combination of Wiggins and Ayala playing like they did against Ohio State with Ant and Jalen on their game, this team is going to make a Final Four and has a shot at a championship. I mean, if you can get 15 points from Aaron Wiggins in a Sweet 16 matchup against a, a three seed, like. With normal production from Six and Cowan, like, 
That's tough to beat, yeah. I think. That's... And their defense. Their defense is the biggest thing, too. Like, they yes, like, yesterday was not a good defensive performance for them, but it, it was, like, one of the only games we've seen where they're letting a team get to the line that much. Like yeah, they, yesterday was kind yesterday of... Yesterday was an anomaly for Maryland. In, it was. In all facets. They lost the rebounding mm-hmm. battle. They they did not play well on defense. It sticks in uh, counter off. It was, it was a weird, wacky game. But yeah, on most sites, you can count on Maryland and have a lock on defense, and I think that's really important come tournament time. My other like minor concern is that... I feel like if Kansas, if Azubuke picks up two fouls, which honestly, every time I watch him, I feel like he does with the exception of Saturday, but they can throw McCormick or DeSouza when he gets back in at the five. Can Jalen Smith stay out of foul trouble for four to six games too? I won't get into it too much, but one of my biggest issues with yesterday was I thought Mark Turgeon was too conservative with how he managed Jalen Smith's fouls. Jalen Smith, I tweeted it at halftime. Against Michigan State, he was in the same scenario, two fouls. He didn't pick up one foul the rest of that game in the second half. He only picked up one yesterday. Like, I think he's pretty disciplined when it comes to fouls. He, I, I could be mistaken. I don't think he's fouled out of one game this season. I'm like 99% I, he sure he hasn't he fouled out of one game this year. Reflection, he almost did. Yeah. Like, took it back. like I, I think that he's pretty disciplined when it comes to the fouls. And I think mm-hmm. that he, I think that he's a really smart player. And I think that he can avoid getting into trouble with that. But that's a huge thing. If, if Maryland, even in the first or second round game, if he gets in foul trouble, that's a massive issue. Yeah, you that, cannot have, you cannot win an NCAA tournament with Joel Mario playing like decent minutes. Like it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that that that. So those two, are, th- those are the two things that are holding me back. And I mean, it's not like those are going to go away necessarily because they're not going to be playing like Duke anytime soon. But no, I mean, I, again, I, I'm not totally off on Maryland. Like I see you guys are coming from and. I mean, depending on the bracket, I could I, I could pick them to go to the Final Four, but those are definitely just my two biggest fears. So. And those are our Final Four picks. We will be doing this podcast every week leading up to the tournament, so let us know what, as I said, what questions you guys have, what you want to know to help fill out your bracket, and we will be coming back with this podcast for you next week. And I want, I want to hear what you guys think about the uh... – Addition from the Big Ten team to the to Maryland's bench. I'm I'm very curious what people think about that. Yeah, yeah we'll be throwing yeah. out some questions on Twitter. So thank you guys for listening, and be sure to tune in next week.